0: Sports listeners, I'd like to welcome my good friend Matthew to my humble abode. This is Two Men on the Run, and you're listening to the mother of all sports talk shows. Talk shows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good start, John (laughs) Joe.
1: Almost. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we're here. It's episode seven. Uh, We're at John Joe's this time recording. Uh, obviously, rules are slowly being loosened on the, uh, the lockdown. And um, today we think we're going to sort of talk about something that we've, we've talked about quite a lot on our running and, and our training runs and stuff uh, over over probably the last sort of two years really. We've briefly sort of discussed it and things like that. Um, which is the running aids. And wh- what I mean by that is sort of the, the natural aids in terms of helping the stuff you don't always think about when you, when you as a runner. Um, so your nutrition your recovery, your rest. Um your the the cross training side of things. and um, I know I'm extremely weak on that side. Um and then also some of those artificial things, some of the technologies that are coming out, are stuff like that. So, um you know, from a basic as a, as a foam roller, um which is easily accessible to to a lot of people, um and then to stuff like altitude tents, um the sort of the right sort of running shoes and um various other pieces of the tech, sports watches, the, the, the pluses and negatives of them. And, and, and the likes of Strava as well in that as a training aid. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into this.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to it and natural running aids. We're talking sleep. How important is good sleep? And my, I know myself when I, when I get it right, more and more recently, actually, you know, I'm functioning much better 10 o'clock. Get to bed. 10pm, live like a stoic.
1: That's it. I mean, um, I know you quoted in uh, in one of the earlier podcasts, uh, Jumbo Elliot, uh, Villanova University coach from uh, yesteryear. And um, obviously his thing was like, it was live like a clock um, and the importance of, of having that routine. And I think that's key. What exactly did he say? <laughs> well, no, so, you know, for the listeners. Oh yeah, yeah. For the so it was it was eat, sleep and shit um, you know, at the same time every day, live like a You globe. can't use those. Uh, f- <laughs> foul words in my home, sir. So. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, that, that routine, and that routine is not only important for for your training and your running to have a routine, but it's important to get the right sort of sleep as well, because sleep is essential for your recovery. You know, you're hitting miles and miles, um, doing speed sessions, you know, you might I've be got a, a hill. I've got, sorry, to interrupt, I've got,
0: <laughs> a, I've got a top tip, Top tip, top tip for good quality sleep would you like to hear go on john joe okay ladies and gentlemen what you need to do you need to get to bed for 10 10 o'clock we've already said that and why is that a good time because you're going to be getting into a good routine you're going to be going to bed early you're going to be getting up early and you're going to be getting more from your day and you're going to be functioning on a higher level you know you're gonna have more energy uh, more awareness and your focus in all the other things that you do as well whether you're at school college or you know just your job um, you're going to have that real focus and life's going to be easier but better but you're going to have more quality in everything that you do but it's not just about that 10 o'clock this is my opinion okay people can disagree and please write in to us write in or
1: well, send us a or voice message or something send like us that. a voice yeah, yeah. a
0: message um, <laughs> writing. Well, I'm living in the the ancient Greek <laughs> Greek time. Yeah. Writing on yeah. a stone tablet. Stone tablet. <laughs> um, what you need to do is prepare yourself for sleep. This is pivotal. Prepare. How do you prepare yourself in the modern age? Well, it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. What you need to do is switch off your phones. Bloody hell! How many people? I'm mauling with the phones all day long. Pathetic. Switch them off. Switch them off. Give yourself a break. But you've got to do it at least an hour before. At least. So you're talking nine o'clock now. If you want good routine, that is. And a lot of people don't even care. They're not even aware of it. But if you're really serious about good routine, this is my suggestion. Okay? Just a suggestion. Switch off your phone. Switch off your radio, switch off your television if you've got one. Um, (laughs) um, Switch off all this stuff and just calm down. Breathe. Don't be having any arguments with your loved ones if you've got any, you know. Don't be having any arguments with your family. Breathe. Calm down. Relax. And if you're going to read something, make sure it's more pleasant, you know. You don't want a, a murder mystery. And you know what? I think you'll find when you do gently lay yourself down, you're going to drift off much more easily into the nether netherland. And I've not you, tried, you know, candles and scents and all these other things, but perhaps that's also an option. What do you think?
1: Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a dreadful sleeper to be fair, um, but I, I do. I sit on my device. Uh, right till the end, uh, end of the night really um, and before that I am start watching TV so um yeah I, I I know you know you should really shut it down and take yourself away from the screens to be fair the blue light of the screens is, is something that keeps you awake it, like act- it. activates the, yeah. uh, the, the the body systems yeah. um, so getting away from them does help and obviously yeah reading a book I always try you know when I am struggling and things like that to sleep I, I try and pick up a book and, and read it and um, Usually, usually helps to be fair. Uh, Problem is, it, sometimes you, it's it's too gripping of a book, and you you want to keep reading. So you, you that's as John Joe says, pick something uh, more calming and things like that. Uh, yeah. um,
0: but I think for a lot of people, it's the depressing thing that they're all not all of them, but you know, you're talking. We're talking ninety percent. You know, a lot of people are on social media late at night. That's one particular thing that a lot of people, a lot of younger people, are just naturally doing, and they're not thinking not aware, perhaps, of, of the bad habits that, that maybe have been passed on by parenting or whatnot, and they're not aware of stepping right away from that and the positives of doing so.
1: It's true, it's true. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, social media can, can bring you into a whole other world of, 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 it's of a torment. Ki- <laughs> it's a killer, it's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose jumping from the sleep topics slightly, um, the other bit is obviously if, you, if you're targeting that 10 o'clock, Going to sleep, uh, going to bed. Then there's an importance there that you have your meal, your main meal Very at point. the right sort of time. Um. So this is a nice segue into our nutrition sort of things. Very good. I'm glad um, you mentioned that nu- um, nutrition. It's because, yeah, 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 so important. It's so important, and, and and just tying into that sleep bit. Obviously, having it, that it, meal and of course at the right sort talk- of time.
0: We're talking about running, so we're talking about natural running aids, and we've got the sleep, which is you know obviously. And now we're talking about nutrition yeah. and accompanying the sleep as well, because if you eat too late yeah, and I do that quite often, you see, and the, 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 the issue, and for a lot of athletes, we like to call them that. Of course, yes. of course we are. Runners, athletes. Runners, yeah. athletes. Yeah, of course. Um, the, the big issue is late training schedules. So for example, you know, you're working all day, nine till five, but your session is until 7 PM potentially you go out there and you blitz a session. You're really happy you've achieved something and you're moving forward. Well, you get home and then you're starved and you really want to eat something heavy, you know, and you do. And then you're talking, hey, but you want to get to bed for 10, but you've eaten like a vast amount. Maybe you've gone home and cooked it. That's an, an example where yeah. you could prep the food so you're not wasting time cooking. And again, I'm, that builds routine. Builds routine, yeah. So I, I've, I've recently started to lo- use the slow cooker. So beautiful, amazing device. And you just, you know, put a full chicken in the slow cooker some potatoes and whatnot it's a it's a quite a large one and just overnight on warm not even low and it just it's all melted in the pot i took the the bone chicken back in okay veggies i'm sorry to upset you one day i do hope to maybe go along the the lines of being a vegetarian yeah but this i had a chicken in this in the in the slow cooker and um but it's all ready it's all there and it's hardly any work and you've Got a real nutritious, healthy meal. Who in the right minds goes to bloody McDonald's? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for preaching, but I mean, when I run past that place and I see the queues are cut, I'm thinking, what's going on? Are they all mad? <laughs> you know, I really, I really think this. I mean, what's going on? It's like eating cardboard.
1: What are you doing? So, for those listening, this is, uh, this is a slight dig at me here because my pre race meal. Um, is is a, McDonald's. Um, uh, so a McDonald's. A McDonald's and, and a beer. So, we're, you know, we're talking nutrition now. Now, the, the reasoning for this. No wonder he um, keep, no keeps getting injured.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's that
1: cardboard getting stuck in his guts. So, the reason for this is. Um, so, I, I always think before a race, the most important meal that you have is the is two nights before the race is going to be. So, not not the night just before the race, but the one before that. That's where you need to, you know, big pasta dish, something like that. Plenty of carbs, nice bit of protein, everything like that. Get that in there then. The night before the race, look, you're nervous for a race that's going to happen the next day. Try and relax yourself. And what's easier to relax than going to McDonald's as if it's nothing that's, you know, it's, it's not crazy. It's not sort of, you're not, you're not trying to really make your nutrition so specific and things like that. You're just relaxing. You're having a beer. It's just chilled. I mean, don't go and order, you know, the pack of 20 nuggets and, you know, a full Big Mac and all the rest. Just have a simple little meal um, from McDonald's and, and, a, and a beer. And that's what I have, just to calm my nerves. I mean, if you don't like McDonald's, you know, do something else. But the, the concept behind that is, is simplicity of the meal. Simplicity and um, the relaxation of it just being something that you, you aren't thinking about. You aren't being overly prescribed a meal for yourself you're just sort of relaxing into it all
0: what's the simplicity in e-numbers you know <laughs> you get e-numbers in in a lot of mcdonald's products well you do you know what was the simplicity in that
1: well yeah from you know when you start to look down at the, the micronutrients <laughs> of it and of course it's gonna be but it's it's the calming nerve nerves of, of the whole thing of just sort of it's as if it's you know, it's not a big thing the race the, the 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 next day because in the morning you're going to be nervous. Actually, you're going to build up, so you don't want to take and use all all that excessive energy the night before when you should be trying to relax before the race. It's is, just is it, calm. You see, I've got calm. some I've got
0: some questions here because I'm not. I've been thinking about your theory. I'm not so sure. sure I've been convinced by this idea that this really important meal is two days before because I, I, on a simple level. On the day of the race, if you don't eat anything, you know, and it's a two o'clock afternoon race, you're gonna be absolutely exhausted. You've got nothing in your system. So just on that very nature that you've not had anything, if you race at two o'clock and you don't have anything, just a, a couple of drinks, a lot of people, certainly myself, would go into that race and be a bit dead, you know? So this idea that this meal two days before is really important. I'm sure it is important, but surely meals just prior to the race is also equally as important. Yeah,
1: getting your getting your breakfast and things like that on race day um, right is 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 key as well. Um, but it's more of a it's not the fuel necessarily that's going to carry you through that race. That that that's that meal that two days before that build up. I don't understand
0: that, you see, because no, I seriously don't understand it. Because if I don't have anything, you know, and I even a morning race, early race, if I have just a coffee, which I've done a few times, I feel like there is something missing, you know. Um, in the body, there's, there's energy lacking because in, I know that because in the evening, sometimes I've had good meals during the day, I've digested them well. And then I'm really energized for these evening sessions. Um, a lot of races are not in the evenings we do get some, but, um, I feel better. So what, where does that relate to the idea that the, the, the meal is so important two days prior, but you know,
1: less so. Um, so, it's, 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 like I say, it's not less so um, of, the, of the modern of the race and things, that that's key because, and because that meal is the last meal you'll have before you race, so it's got to be, again, it's got to be something simple in a way, you go over the top with your breakfast on that day, you decide to have a full English or something like that, it's going to be a lot of weight in the stomach there. Um, the same again, you know, I quite like to have porridge, but on race day I try and avoid porridge because, again, it, it can be quite heavy, it's quite a, a heavy sort of substance, um, I mean that's my personal choice on that. I mean like you
0: quite I, you quite often have just had a black coffee, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, On yeah. the morning of a morning race. Oh yeah, yeah. Just a black coffee, nothing. Just a
1: black coffee. To be fair, usually an espresso. So espresso, you're talking right? a little, the little tiny black coffee, you know, really high caffeine. Water. Yeah, I'll keep just keep sipping, um, just keep sipping water as I, as I go towards the race. There's and so you know, much, so much. Uh, you know, when,
0: the more you read, the you know, there's so much. Uh, what's the word? Conflatory. What's the word? So, com, you know, conflicting. Con- conflicting and and and. Um, in regards to nutrition, because you know, I read something recently, and you know, you got to drink a litre three was it litre and a half before 90 minutes before you train? Litre and a half that's like two and a half pints, isn't it? Um, now, there's some great stuff in this article, but then I thought, well, hang on a minute, if I, I tried that, and I, I'm, I need you know, I need the toilet all the way through oh, the, yeah. the, every, every, you know, so you go into a race and you adopt those kind of principles. You're gonna be in a potentially difficult situation, depending on the distance of the race. Well, um, well
1: yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, so. I, I know anyone who's run with me on a Sunday morning long run knows that um, if I've uh, made the mistake of having a glass of water before coming out, um, I'm I'm like a dog uh, setting me uh, my area sort of thing, having to go pee every uh, every sort of couple of miles or so. So Mo- moving on quickly, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it is it, it and. Everyone's unique, everyone's different so obviously I, you know, I'm saying McDonald's sort of thing but what I'm saying there is something simple, something you know isn't going to affect your stomach and things like that So and that comes the same across nutrition, there's, there is so many different things, there's so many things to read and stuff like that, um, you've got to find what works for you but obviously to find what works for you, you've got to hear what other people are doing and then test that out yourself and, and that very much comes into training principles as well, you, you've got to find the right training and, and so... You know, that, that that relates to that also. We,
0: we mentioned jumbo, you know, don't change things. Uh, live like a clock. And yeah, you, for example, you're having porridge every day of the week. Yeah. And then race day, you have two Weetabix. I mean, you've changed something, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and David Devine, I've um, been running re- recently, bronze medalist and a gold medalist in the Com- Commonwealth pa- Paralympics. Yeah. Top, top runner. He told me the other day, Fine running machine that he could only stomach two Weetabix, you know, race day before the race. Yeah, um, now I don't know what he's having all the other days of the week, but um, I imagine it could well be porridge. I should have asked that question. Um, but you're changing something, aren't you? On the day of the race, a lot of people are opting for Weetabix, two Weetabix the day I've known, you know, listening to people. Uh, Tom Rogerson was another guy, two Weetabix, you know, two Weetabix. Um, what's what's the makeup of Weetabix? is is it really anything in there? You know, like sort of something it's you, different. You grain, it? isn't
1: it? Really, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I just I just go for two slices of brown toast. That's my sort of simple breakfast. Um, no, but they
0: say bread is a, a no-no, don't they? Because they do stodgy, a, stodgy, it yeah. takes quite a long time to sort of go through your system. Three hours. I like tend
1: to have it quite early on. I I, I don't like to have it. And, that's another one, is finding when you can eat before you, you run, um, whether that's race day, whether that's training. Um, I'm, I'm very much, I've found over the years that I need, you know, four hours plus, of, of, you know, the food I, I put in my system before I go and run and things like that. Otherwise, I do just feel uh, slightly heavy, slightly bloated from it.
0: Now, moving on to the topic of foods generally. Um, like I've heard quite recently, beetroot. People keep shouting beetroot at me. You know what? What do you want me to do? Just eat beetroots all day long <laughs> and drink the. That's going to really help my running, I'm sure. But it's all about balance, isn't it? But the thing is, people. When you look at people's diets, there's very little balance to the majority of people, especially when they're eating McDonald's. I mean, what's going on there? But you know, you, for me, I think I eat very healthily. You know, vegetables, fruits. Potatoes, pastas. I'm um, cooking from scratch. That's really important. If you can get yourself a cookbook, it's not hard. You know, do some home cooking. You um, know what's going in there. But you know, my we're... big mistake is race day. I get a bit sort of fidgety, and I start maybe overthinking it. And
1: um, I've heard stories of you having about four or five breakfasts before you took <laughs> for the race. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Almost. Um, I think where I go wrong, yeah, I start to. Natural, actually, it's not just me. This idea that you're, you're fueling yourself for the race on race day, and as you say, it's not you know two days before this idea. So on the day, naturally, you think, oh, I need something for this race, and you've got it into your mind, and you may not even be hungry because you've you've eaten late the night before, and you've had something just because you've this idea, and then of course you pay the price because you're getting stitches and all sorts of, you know, you just don't feel right. Yeah, yeah. So what what? Kind of, you know, you you mentioned beetroot recently to me. What kind of, what what are you talking about in regards to general diet for a runner?
1: So I mean, you know, the I think the the, the thing with beetroot and things like that is um, obviously what beetroot uh, contains is quite high in iron. So um, I know when I went, I don't really eat beetroot that much at all. But when I went to uh, Front uh the high altitude training centre back in, we're talking twenty seventeen. Um, You're gonna take me there. I mean, we got, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. Go sort something out and get out of there. Very um, good. And um, I went there, and everything was catered for. All the meals were catered for, um, and it was all done because obviously it's a high altitude training center for athletes from all over the world. Uh, Head there, um, and they all the meals are done, and they're all tailored towards athletes. And there was there was beetroot. There's loads and loads of shredded beetroot every single meal. It was there. Pickled. Pickled. Pickled beetroot. Oh, that's nice. And and to be fair, I don't eat beetroot. Very well, at all, really, nowadays, but um, when I was there, I was just eating it every time it uh, on plate. Yeah, 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 and yeah. one of the reasons being is because because it's high in iron, it helps the production of red blood cells. And obviously, when you go to it's altitude, high in iron. Iron. Didn't yeah. you say iodine first? Iron, I- iron, iron. Iron,
0: yeah. it's, Which spinach is also. Uh,
1: yeah, there's, yeah, there's plenty of good, yeah. really nice um, sort of. So it kind of rubs red blood cells. Sorry. Yeah, so it Sorry. helps, helps uh, with the production of uh, red blood cells. And so. Uh, when you go to altitude, uh, there's less oxygen in the air, and so um, your your body needs to create um, more red blood cells in the order to absorb the, the 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 lower concentration of oxygen that there is, um, and so that's why you know, training can be quite hard, especially the the first um, first week or so when you're out at altitude. Um, but that's why beetroot was such a big thing, and every athlete that was there was just you know piling high on beetroot and things. Um, and that's where obviously then when you come back down to sea level, there's more oxygen in the air, your body's created those more red, red blood cells And um, while it's been at altitude because it started to stabilise itself um, after being there. You, you need to sort of be there more than two weeks really for that to, to really start to work. Um, I know plenty of elites will stay up there for a good uh, month, uh, two months or so. Um, and then you come back down, there's more oxygen in the air, you've got more red blood cells to absorb that oxygen quicker and it just helps. Uh, it helps you stay, you, you uh, keep that lactic threshold. And then and you, high put, and you like. put the big
0: root on the back shelf.
1: Oh, yeah, and then you forget all about it, yeah.
0: <laughs> growing your own, growing your own. Have you th- had thoughts about growing your own vegetables?
1: I I, I did once, um, yeah, I used to, um, in my old house, I used to, uh, the, the idea for doing my garden up yeah, was yeah. to have a nice patch that I could... I could, uh, The idea, the
0: was, idea, or did you uh, actually No, I never, I never got around to that. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not. laughs> I've thought about it, I mean, when you toast... Some of the food stuffs in the supermarkets, the, the plastic apples, you know, and and the oranges that all dry. You open them, you oh, think, yeah. what, what? This is, you know, how dare they sell me something of this quality? But growing your own, you, you've a certain guarantee of, of yeah. You know, quality.
1: Well, well, during lockdown, my uh, my auntie uh, Trina uh, and Uncle Neil, live out in California. Mm. Um, so they live at altitude out in California, actually, where they are. And um, so they, uh, she, she. She got a whole um, sort of big vegetable patch going and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her, her photos and stuff like that on Facebook yeah, and things. Um, she's been they they've they grown now and she's picking them and harvesting them to, to make meals and stuff like that, and it looks good. So, yeah, yeah, I need
0: to, I need to yeah, have a that. bit more belief in myself and, and start growing stuff. All I've got is mint everywhere. <laughs>
1: I uh, had a good cup of uh, mint tea uh, uh, last night before I we went you really? to it. did you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Go I
0: gave, uh, gave Matthew some mint.
1: We had to be careful with the way we took the bag home, but uh, I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, well it, it could have been something <laughs> it else. American.
0: Yeah, it was mint. Um, so nutrition, foods, you know, balance. Um, any anything more? There's so much more to go in. Really, I mean, we've heard about beer. We've heard about all these food stuffs. What about you know? You have your porridge, nuts, almonds. I generally put almonds. Uh, sometimes walnuts. Yeah. Which particular nuts? You know, you can get very panic- you can't you? I think that's the problem. People think this particular food, that particular. But if you just get a good balance, you know, you have your salads, and you you have a good mix of green leafy vegetables different types yeah, of colors yeah, yeah, yeah. and vegetables. If you have a good mix, um, and then of course that stuff that the you were eating there uh, for, for a while, you know, in, in Africa they have a lot of it. What's it called? Oh, ugali. Ugali, Ugali, yeah. yeah. Well, I've not got to that point where I'm, I'm um, boiling Ugali. G- 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 yeah, so, I uh,
1: that? so yeah, I, I went through a good. Uh, it was probably a good year to be fair. Uh, just a I've year. Just eating Ugali, and it, it ah, was, ah, uh, ah, yeah, it was only a year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to convince Jade to uh, to try it, but uh, she 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 had none of it. So uh, It's it sort <laughs> of the, the bags. The bags sat there in the cupboard uh, to make some more, but. Um, it's basically just flour to be fair that you then mix in with water and, and cook up, but you, the way you have it is uh, it's, you, you can have it as breakfast, so, lunch and, and dinner. Oh, uh, okay. So as breakfast you, you, you sort of add maybe some uh, honey or something like that to it, um, some raisins and things and it sort of becomes a bit like a, a porridge style substance in, in that regard. Uh, lunch, you can sort of uh, cook it up into like a slight into a, a, flat, a flatbread style um, sort of thing, and then wrap sort of salad, and maybe some chicken breast or something like that in there, or beans if you're going down the, the vegetarian sort of route. You can have mm. obviously. Uh, so that the protein.
0: the U-Galli, it's the flour, it's the grain, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. grain, it's, well, it's the way you
1: will the ughali itself is where, is the way you cook it up. So it is that sort of more porridge sort of substance to it. Mm. But with using the same flour, you can you can sort of if you leave it on there. The pan a little bit more. It's it's, and it's the water uh, evaporates and stuff. It does then become sort of like a, a bread sort of uh, substance to it.
0: Interesting, interesting. And why did you after a year of eating you galley give up?
1: Um, it was just basically because um, I, I then I then moved in with Jade and she didn't want to didn't want to eat. <laughs> <it. And laughs> cooking two two separate meals is just uh, one of those things. I suppose it, it, you should do it probably. You know you should keep that nutrition, but obviously it's. Uh, you know, you, you don't. Again, it's a, it's a time thing, isn't it, really? It's uh, everyday life. Make so the time. You've got to absolute.
0: make the time. Make the time. Make the time. Natural. We're still thinking about natural running aids here, aren't we? Natural.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we've got the sleep. We've got the diet and stuff. And um, Can you think of any standout sort of natural running aids that you could want to discuss?
1: Um, Nothing, nothing else really. I mean... It, I suppose we're starting to go towards that. That's talking about beetroot and using the iron from it. That's sort of, um, so I suppose it's, it's food science. Well, it's, it's food science, but I'm I'm talking about going towards the supplement side of things. When we're talking about the reason that's a natural supplement, you're taking, you're adding beetroot to your diet to get the iron from it. Now, obviously from an artificial standpoint, you can then can take various vitamins and things like that as well. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously there's, you know, protein in, in chicken or in beans. Um, but then you can go down the protein powers sort of thing and stuff like that if you want that. And the
0: question is do they, do they work uh, and, and what, you know, are there any negatives of using even those kind of products? Um, you see a lot of bodybuilders, you know, they're on sort of protein shakes and all that yeah, of yeah, yeah. Of course, if they're downing all that kind of, you know, protein, if you look at the ingredient, you see the E numbers, you know, yeah, you see all these yeah. other artificial flavorings and whatnot, that can't be good. But also, if they're consuming that in large quantities, what does that not mean that they've got less of an appetite for all the healthy stuff, which would bring the balance? So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, for, with protein powder, for example, for me, I always think, you know, the, the amount you'd get in a protein shake, the, the amount of protein you get from that, um, unless it's an extremely sort of high concentration, it's the same as you'd get from eating a, a chicken breast. Really? You know, 20 grams of okay. protein, you know what okay, I mean? Yeah. And right. I, did, I always sort of think, surely... It's more enjoyable um, to eat the real, to eat the real yeah, thing yeah, rather yeah. than. The, I mean, I suppose it's a time restraint. And you sit down, and cook a meal, it's But I think that's better to sit down and do Uh-oh. that, and you get all the the extra vegetation and things like that with it as well. Whereas you don't get that if you just you know shot in a, a protein shake. But and by by
0: the way, we say the real thing. There's also the option of, of course organic. You know the real thing chicken. You know apparently a lot of these chickens are now being injected with uh, yeah, certain to make them appear better on the shelf, you know, you could go down the line of organic, which would be, well, yeah, yeah. i imagine it would be better. Yeah. Or obviously, um, you know,
1: if you're not going to go with the, obviously if you're vegetarian, the vegan sort of thing, various beans, a big, you know, mixed bean sort of salads, things like that, everything really high protein. Yeah. Um, I mean, through the winter, that's the majority of what me and Jade eat is, is a vegetarian uh, sort of meal, really, across the week. We have we have salmon once a week. Um, and then we'll have a, 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 what we call our cheat day where we'll have something, that you know, a pizza or something like that. But rest of the week is, is usually sort of vegetarian chili, and various sort of vegetarian stews and stuff like that and things. So Yeah, I love the
0: idea of, of maybe working towards that um, at some point, you know, becoming a vegetarian. Uh, for ethical reasons as well, you know, the way uh, meat, produ- meat is produced. Um, I think, I imagine if we saw what went on, we perhaps think twice before we bought a chicken, even you know. Oh, yeah, well, um, I think if we
1: start sourcing it, um, like the talks are from from America rather oh, than EU, yeah. where the regulations on stuff is is quite different, and they're, uh, you know, chlorinated chickens and things. like that. I believe that they happen. dip the
0: chick. The Americans, is this right? They what do they do? They dip the chickens
1: in chlorine. Is chlorine? Is it chlorine. I think so. I, don't know.
0: I think so. They don't even. I don't know what they do. They they do it's some Preserve so longer, isn't it? And stuff some odd, odd odd practices. Mm. But it's all to save, it's basically to save money in the the work, you know. So, which, you don't want to be doing that, you know. You want to be, it's so important that uh, you get the very best quality. And when you start thinking about profiteering, which is always going to happen, but, and uh, chlorinated chicken, oh dear me, yeah, yeah. So, moving on to maybe the, the tools in regards to, you know, supplementing ones running so you're moving away from the natural world into the more sort of for example altitude tents I mean what is Matthew what is all that about I mean you you've been you were sleeping in a tent there for a few years was that really doing you any favors
1: Um I, I think so um, I mean I got I got my altitude tent from um, Charlie Grice who um, if you're if you're a track um, fan, uh, athletics fan. Um, you'll you'll recognise the name. Um, he's one of Britain's top fifteen hundred meter runners. Uh, has been for, for quite quite a period of time now. Um, but he's got a, a business uh, designing altitude tents. And yet, yeah, in back in twenty sixteen, I, I picked up um, just as he was launching his business. I picked up an altitude tent from him, um, and I've used that. Uh, off and on Um, i really struggle in the summer because basically the tent itself is a sort of plastic pvc covering that goes over the bed um and then you've got a a generator Um, and basically the way the generator is working is it's um, reducing the volume of oxygen um in it not just um volume of oxygen the percentage actually within the concentration within the air itself um of oxygen to um sort of mirror what it's like at altitude so you get that benefit of creating more red blood cells and things now to get that benefit you have to actually be in the tent for a minimum of sort of 10 hours so again that helps with getting a a better sleep more rested by being in in that if you can try and get that get in there um now you know it sort of takes three or four weeks to start to take effect um, I really noticed it, to be fair, when I when I first started using it. I, I, I felt the benefits, both in my in my training and racing. Um, I have sort of struggled uh, the last the last couple of years getting it right, because now obviously there's me and Jade in the tent, so it's it's a, bit lot, warmer, <laughs> a lot warmer in the tent now. Um, we, we've, we've bought a couple of different tents to try and get them that, that maybe are a little bit more room and things like that, so it's a little bit easier, less stuffy within the tent. Um, I think we've, we've got one now that hopefully... When it gets back cooler for the winter, we'll 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 use that this uh, this coming winter again. Um, um,
0: less oxygen in it. You don't feel that when you're in. Do you
1: feel that. Like? Yeah, yeah. So, so when you're trying to sleep, you are gasping for breath. A little bit. It, it's it's quite hard work. And um, the first, probably the first week of using it, um, you sort of struggle. It, it actually stops you sleeping a little bit because your your body, your body realizes that there's less oxygen and it sort of tries to fight to keep you awake a little bit until you sort of start to. Um, get used to it, a, you know, a bit more on things like that, um, and there's different levels of, of altitude. You can turn up using the using the generator to to mirror, um, so it goes up to eighteen thousand feet. Is the highest point that that, that, that this goes to, I and mean, to be fair, you can get an adapter to send it up higher. Actually, if you were using it for, say, preparing to go to Everest or something like that, uh, but eighteen thousand feet is. is by far high enough for, for training. To be fair, I don't usually go to that sort of level. I've um, heard the
0: argument that it, that it uh, can't possibly work because, yes, you're sleeping in it, but you're not actually training in it because you can't simulate that unless you go to the area.
1: No, so so, the, so there's two ways of, of, of talking about altitude training. Um, so a lot of a lot of the guys that go out to altitude now to train will actually, they'll live high and train low mm-hmm. um, because Obviously, again, training at the altitude makes it a lot harder um, for you, because you don't got much oxygen around you, things like that. Um, it's great for sprinters and uh, sort of jumpers and field eventers. There's less air resistance um, because of the, the lower percentage of oxygen and, and, and things in the air. Um, but actually, for distance runners, it, it makes it a lot harder. So Mexico Olympics, for example, is a, it's a perfect example of where that occurred. A lot of world records were set in sprints and uh, jump events and things like that. Whereas then in the distance events, um, you had um, some of the favourites sort of collapsing and, and things like that, um, really, really sort of struggling out there at altitude. Um, and it, it sort of saw the first rise of uh, the, the African domination a little bit because... What year was that, to, sorry? What was uh, it? Mexico? Uh, Mexico was, I want to say 68. I'm not sure. I want to say 68. 68. Okay. Got um, right about probably about
0: Munich was seventy two, was
1: Munich it? Munich was seventy two. Rome was sixty four. Sixty four. Uh, so. Yeah, so I, th- I think I think. Okay, well we're going back quite a long time anyway. What was sixty eight Tokyo? Sixty eight could have been Tokyo, couldn't it? possibly. We'll back. someone someone can correct us on that one. Yeah. It's round there anyway. It's definitely round there. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah so that's where you sort of struggle with the altitude so a lot of people now will go to live at, live at altitude but then they'll come down so they'll come to sort of like the lakes that are down in maybe the valleys and stuff like that and they'll they'll train there um, rather than train at the altitude they'll do some runs obviously at altitude at the, at the camp where they're staying because obviously they don't want to keep driving every single day to, to get down from the altitude but um there's that sort of yeah live high uh, train low um, sort of mentality to it nowadays when the researchers has continued and, and furthered itself. So that's where that so altitude tent. You're effectively living high, aren't you, in the that's tent? It. In the tent. That's tents? it. That's the idea, and that's why it's, you've got to be, you know, a minimum sort of ten hours really for it to have any real benefit.
0: When did you last sleep in the tent?
1: Oh, um, we've tried a couple times this year in in, in um, sort of December. Well, sorry, that was last year, January, December, sort of time. Um, because we got a new tent. And a new generator, and we so we tried to utilize that. You can hear the generator all night. So you can hear the generator. So what the about original. The,
0: the neighbours, they're not. Uh...
1: No, they've not. They've not complained or anything. Um, I did always worry at my old house because actually, at my old house, the setup I had was I had the generator downstairs in the conservatory. And then I had a hose pipe going out the conservatory window, up through to my bedroom window, and into the into the into the bedroom where it was. Were
0: well, they um, were what was going on, or, you know. No, they didn't know. You they, didn't they, tell they them did what you were up to. No, no, no. Oh my god. They
1: did wonder. They did think. Uh, I know I spoke to them once, and they did think uh, it was something to do with my boiler because uh, the previous uh, owner of the house had had issues with the boiler and she thought that would must have been playing up and that's what the hose pipe out of my bedroom window was for was to, to get uh, to, and then did um, you reveal then oh yeah i said oh no i've, I've got this sort of thing oh and stuff you, that. Yeah. training uh, you know okay, oh, we're we'll living we'll next door to a crank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then we, you know we we our neighbors probably you know you go out running all the time and stuff like that, your, your neighbors probably think you're a bit mad anyway when you, when they see you doing that <laughs> what's,
0: the, what's the longest period that you've you know used the tent um so i probably used it
1: yeah um i probably ran uh, used it for sort of what i think i think when i first got it i got it in sort of november 2016 and then i pretty much used it all the way through then till uh we're talking about may uh, for 2017 um, I used it solidly but it then got a bit too hot in May then that year and, and that was that. Uh, and you you, so. you
0: gave up and um, you went back to it in the winter of 2017 or?
1: Um, yeah I tried again in, in tw- uh, yeah, winter 2017 went back to using it Um. again probably, probably didn't use it as long that year um, no, I probably used it through to about February or something like that, to be fair. So um, if you're going to
0: get an altitude tent, there are benefits just for using it for six months of the year or three months. What's the minimum sort of?
1: So you want at least, you've got to, you've got to really be using it for about three weeks. Uh, three weeks to see some benefits. To start to get some benefits. And but what it. happens
0: when you, does it not, once you've stopped using it, the, the benefits...
1: They, they stay there for a, for a period of time. So it's the same as, obviously, if you go out to altitude training and then come back down to sea level, uh, to race and things like that. You know, usually um, a lot of your, the elites and the, the pros and stuff like that will go out and stay there for maybe a month and a half, two months. Then they'll come down, have maybe three weeks of, of uh, consecutive sort of races, a race period there, um, and then they'll sort of um, head back maybe to altitude before coming back again to uh to race for the the rest of the end of the season and things like that
0: so the benefits that they won't reverse themselves um we're talking how long sorry so
1: yeah, they're talking. Well, you you can't really put your finger on it. Can't really put your finger on it, but yeah, but they do re- they it's, do it's, reverse themselves. Yeah, because your body then starts to regulate it back down at sea level again. Realizes it, you know, because those extra. But, but you've been training. But
0: will, you have been training harder. That maybe be you've been you've got more up. You're able to train longer. Yeah, you're able to train longer, so harder. So you're, you're effectively fitter. So you could maybe maintain that fitness, but you'd have to start working just. You know. Once it's reversed itself, you're in a position where.
1: Yeah, you probably are fitter in a position You're where you still are fitter. fitter Things so you,
0: you you to keep that fitness, you have to work harder, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, mm, uh, interesting. Interesting. Now you know I'm not a big fan of Strava because I'm not on Strava and sports watches and, and these are tools that could potentially aid running. I would argue that you now Strava and sports watches, you know, very expensive for a start. Um, When you get out there, you see people, they spend more time looking at the watch. I mean, there's a couple people that we know at the moment that were just running along and they're just determined to follow their own heart rate. I don't quite get that, but, um, they're trying to keep their heart rate at a certain level, you know, whatever happened to people listening to their bodies? Because that's what they did years ago. They didn't have these fancy watches. They listened to the way they felt. So they pushed themselves in sessions. And then their easy runs, they felt a certain amount. They based it off time. So they go out and run for an hour and a half, two yeah. hours on a Sunday. And it, it kind of relieved a bit of pressure instead of constantly looking at the phone or the or the watch, constantly worrying about the, the tech and the times and the stats. They just went running and they knew that they had a certain period of time and they were going to feel a certain amount of what they felt and they knew that they were developing just as much. And yet, at the same time, we can also say that back then there was a, a greater quality of runner that the, the general standard was higher. So with the introduction of all these watches in Strahd and whatnot, seems to be, not necessarily because of the watches in the Strong, but there's been a slight decline in, in the, the amount of quality runners. So I don't know. But what would you say about regards to the benefits? First so of
1: all. I mean, for for me, the, the the my purpose for using Strava really is is a as a training diary. Um, you know, obviously you, could, you can write it down. I think keeping a training diary is, is key. And um, again, helps with that routine. Helps you reflect on your running year on year. Um, and so that's that's what I use Strava for. Um, obviously, it's got some of its little little things like segments where you know they can be. Both well, hang on, negative, hang on. I must so. I must
0: interrupt. You've got the gold membership. So you can dip into anybody's and you can sort of see what other yeah, potential... The, yeah. Potential, obviously, it's a good thing. Potential competitors, you can analyse what they're doing and in relation to their times. You can say, well, that's working for them, or well, that's not. You can g- make a general study of people who are using the technology, at least. Yeah, so and, yeah, you can... Look and and you, you do of... you do make use of that.
1: Yeah, um, and you can look at sort of, I suppose, um, you know... Those athletes that are in that that next tier above, um, you know, I, I uh, follow a couple of the guys from uh, the North Arizona elite squad, uh, so Scott Forbes and stuff like that, uh, American uh, marathon runner. Uh, and then a couple of the British guys, you know, uh, Johnny Mellor's on there, uh, I've known Johnny for, for years, uh, Liverpool Harrier. Um, how, do how do you know how do you know that they're recording every run? Well though? that's it no no you don't and, and the chances are they're probably not recording every run because obviously you know there's things they're happy to post. I mean some of them now obviously if they're getting sponsorship and stuff then the chances are Strava the way it works is, is a bit of a it's a social media network for runners. so by posting the runs and stuff uh, the sponsors you know can utilize how many people engage and all that sort of stuff in it. Um, so I suppose you know when they get into that sort of level that you know maybe they are posting them because that's going to impact on the sponsorship, the funds that are coming in from their sponsors. Um, but um, you know it's 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 nice to sort of see. I know the likes of um, Callum and Derek Hawkins used to be on Strava quite a lot, and I used to sort of follow their runs. Mm. Uh, but they they have come away from it. I don't see them post very well, often. What's the, do, you know, do, you,
0: do you have an inkling as to the reason why?
1: No, uh, well. I, I don't really. Possibly, you know, they don't, wanna, they don't want people sort of seeing what they're doing and, and you know, keep it to themselves. Cause because, like, you said, don't, like they... say, your competitors can, can see it and if they know you, like say they, you pick up an injury and, you know, clearly it, that's written on your run or something like that, then your competitor knows about it and going into a, a race that might still be six weeks, you know, down the line or 12 weeks down the line, they know at some point in your training you had that bit of a niggle and... They can utilize that in their head to think. Well, you know, this is where we push on and. and they know that you've got a niggle bit, so. because you've stopped
0: posting runs.
1: Well, soon. well, that all because yeah. if you're using it like I would, like I am for as a training diary, you title your run, you know. I, at the moment, my left Achilles is sore. So if it's been out and I've struggled on a run, I'm putting down. You know, but left you, Achilles, left yeah. Achilles sore this you know, yeah, that but, run. But you wouldn't
0: struggle. need to write that, off, obviously. But by not having any more runs, you, you imagine this. But well, this well, person's yeah. off the radar. But he could have come off the strap. He could have just come off it. Yeah. So he doesn't need, not, Doesn't really need to. Let you know. People don't. He doesn't have to tell them that. No, no, no.
1: And the thing is, you can put your strap. It's private. To be fair, and then just use it as that is for your. But because, because
0: a lot of these elite athletes are, are getting paid for advertising and whatnot, they are public, which for, for someone like yourself is a positive because you can see what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean I've mean, i just picked up Scott Forbes' um, book, to be fair, um, as well. Um, and that, that's got a, his whole training plan in. He's, quite, he's mm-hmm. quite open about that. And to be fair, the, the whole uh, North Arizona elite guys um, and women, uh, you can go on their website and they've got... They're literally keeping a diary, live diary mm-hmm. on there, what they're doing and stuff, so you can follow that with, with the coach Ben. And they Do they obviously
0: don't don't fear they don't fear the possibility of, of of you know the Russians or whoever you know they, <laughs> they don't fear um, like these everybody knows what we're doing. So anybody else could do what we're doing and they could be maybe equal to us, but they don't fear that, do no, they? No,
1: I don't think so. And I think because really when you look at it, what they're doing is is sort of a, a template that's been around for a, a long time. They've adapted it for each of their individual athletes in the group and things and, and stuff. But, it, you know, there's very much a lot of following of, of stuff like Lydiard's sort of principles and things like that. Um, and then over, and other coaches sort of principles that have, you know, have been around and stuff. And, you know, hill training. Well, you know, everyone knows that's a, a, you know, a good sort of tool for a distance running and things, long runs. It's they're very much obviously like I say, they've made it a little specific to the each individual athlete within that squad. Um, but it's very much a following of principles that everyone sort of knows and things like that. Really. Uh, Sorry to
0: change the subject, but I won a foam roller in a raffle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never used it. It's still in the packaging. This is another tool. Yeah. Um, it's a running aid, or is it? Because it's still in the packaging for me, and I'm not really thought to use it. Yeah. But you, I know that you use one. I do, yeah. And you've also recently invested in a Tommy gun. What What was? A <laughs> <It's laughs> Theragun
1: yeah, Theragun So it's, so uh, tell me, you know, about those products
0: and why do you think they're working for so, you? So,
1: um, well, they they're designed for, to help self massage. So instead of obviously going to um, a sports massage and stuff like that and, and paying for that regularly, I mean, I still go. And get them relatively. When did you, ready last, when
0: did you, you last have a massage? During oh, this? so that was
1: before lockdown, so I've not so, been since. Are they since back lockdown. open again? They are, yeah. Um, I know back, Jade, Jade's what, been and really, had yeah. one done. So uh, the meter rule doesn't apply there? They've they got to cover themselves in, in full PPE <laughs> and everything like that, so uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it yeah. sort of look like you're being, um, being massaged by one of the uh, the guys from the. An astronaut. astronaut. <laughs> 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 um, um,
0: so, yeah, the massage parlours are back open again. Jane's had one, and you're about to have one. How often would you have them? Uh, years,
1: so? so when I was going regularly, uh, I used to go sort of every two weeks. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, every two weeks. what's that
0: going to set you back? £30?
1: Yeah, about £30, yeah, for, mm. the, for the hour or so. Um, but that- it was worth it, you know, it used to sort of really really loosen, get the muscles. Was know, this for
0: relaxation or both? or? No, it was for, um, Particularly for
1: work, for, for, for running, for training, sort of what, practice. When you went
0: in there, you said you were a runner. Did they naturally know where to work? I mean, naturally, you think about the legs, but not so, necessarily.
1: So I went to um, New Wave Physio in in, in Newington Willows, to be fair, um, and they're, they're very much a sports uh, physio and, and, and massage. So, um, yeah, I've been going there for a good while, and so they knew my body really well. Um, they've sort of did like a bit of an MOT really on, on me and, and sort of if I would came in because I was I was just, obviously when I was injured I went to them to get treatment but then I was just going every two weeks for a massage and they sort of could look at me and um, start to just you know to go over my legs and stuff like that and find where it was tight and they knew where I usually got tighter than, than yeah, so the answer gen- do they generally work on your body? Uh, so just I my legs really. Just on your, legs. Yeah, they sometimes I get me back and things like that, but usually just my legs. Because that was because the, I, did the, my the, high I my I would legs.
0: have thought like the whole body is important really in running, you know, because you're pumping the arms and, and it's not just.
1: No, the legs. no, it's not. But obviously, when when I was doing showed me 100 miles weeks and stuff like that. It was the legs that were taking, you know, across those two weeks span, the legs were taking the, the batter in really and really yeah, stiff. Yeah. And stiff just and around, like the, hips, like around the hips. Yeah, around the yeah, hips. Yeah, yeah. Getting piriformis. I have to bad.
0: wonder about the physios and think, do they really know what they're going on about? You know, because they talk a good game and they dig deep and whatnot, but do they really know? Because um, of have of they not just sold you an idea? That's what I'm trying to say. Well,
1: possibly, but I always think, um, I, obviously the principles, you know, you uh, know, uh, it's, it's scientific. It's not a, it's, it's not an art or anything. It's a, it's the a scientific principles of recovery, moving, uh, manipulating the muscles and the, and the joints in a certain way to release uh, stress in them and stuff like that. But I always think for a runner, but well, you uh, could or get a sports. Person, you could get
0: just as much from doing a a self yoga session and that you know doing. Well, so. from stretching. Could, yeah. could you not? I don't know.
1: Well, you could. Yeah, you could. And, and but that and that's keeping that program. You know, doing that. Um, I suppose that was the the other topic we were going to talk about was. Yeah, doing your, your, your stretching, your core work, you condition conditioning outside of running um, is something you need to do. Now, I suppose me going every two weeks for a sports massage was the bit where I wasn't really doing me stretching or anything. But by going every two weeks, that was my, you know, getting the muscles stretched out and released out and things like that and sort of. You know, instead of doing the work of, of keeping a consistent and a well-programmed sort of stretching routine in place, I was just going there and getting that sorted. So and the same with me. Your foam roller, or my massage gun was. You you were being lazy. Being lazy, yeah, of course, of course. Um, it's nice to be lazy every every <laughs> once in a while. But I I know uh, uh, a good family friend, Bill Gentleman, uh, who coached uh, Yvonne Murray. Um, Back at, back in the day, sort of thing. He used to say that Yvonne Scotsman. used to go. Scotsman, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bill used to say that. Um, no relation. Says, no says, relation
0: of the, the 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 famous tennis player.
1: No. 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 But um, he used to uh, say uh, Yvonne used to go and get a massage every day when you know when she was competing at the top elite level, sort of thing. She was getting a sports massage every day, sort of thing, to help releasing thing and she never, she was never injured, she never struggled with an injury or anything
0: like that. Um, Recently I've been, I must admit, you know, I know you've got the sports store down in the town there, I need to put my hand in my pocket and buy some shoes because The right foot is just, it's just a bit of blister. I don't know what, I don't think it's nothing really, but it's just a bit, and I'll put it down to the shoes. I think my my training shoes, I mean, they look okay. This is the thing, I I never know when to change. And I think, well, they look fine, but it's not about the look, it's about the feel, but then they feel okay, but then they only last so long. And I've had, uh, it's surprising when you're running, I mean, I dropped the mileage to about 50, you know, I was doing 60 or 70 a week for a good while there. But during this period, I've dropped it to 50, introduced more quality. But you know, if a pair of trainers lasts for 500 miles, let's say 500 miles, and you're running it just 50 miles a week, that's only 10 weeks. 10 weeks, isn't it, 50? Yeah, yeah. you know? And um, that this period now has been three months or more, four months maybe, so it's no wonder. And you start to f- pick up little, little slight niggles and you know, you know, really, or I've realised that's the time you need to change, but they still look good. And I think, I can't throw them away. If I run all, I'm run i running more on grass, I get away with it, you know, but maybe not, maybe not.
1: Yeah, I think, like, um, you know, with running, obviously, the, the shoes are, are important, and, and I think being able to sort of feel when they start to go, being able to know when you are starting, maybe little niggles here and there, sort of is a, a little bit of a sign that the shoe is sort of starting to 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 give up on, on on life sort of thing really that cushioning that mid uh, midsole cushion um is flattened out and that's that's where you start to get those aches and pains coming from it's at that point there but also getting the right shoe in the first place you know if you overpronate you need that sort of stability and that support in the shoe um yeah yeah there were
0: there were, there were there runners that ran with no no shoes at all well so, yeah, yeah but that that's not what we're used to but that's yeah and it's
1: uh, you know and and you can still do that but you've got to really strengthen up. It's, it's it's strengthening up the muscles involved in that the foot muscles, um, you know, and the and the legs to sort of run in that way because it it will change slightly the, the running form that you utilize and things and I mean I when I went when I was out at altitude training to be fair, um, I was reading the book uh, once a runner which is a fictional uh, book written by by a runner um, um uh, and a, a good friend of uh, Frank Shorter as well who was uh, one of America's uh, all time best yeah, runners. Um, I've heard about but, um, Frank Shorter. He did in the in the book the character um, he always likes to take his shoes off uh, and warm up and warm down on the grass on the infield of the track. Um, so when I was out at altitude, that's what I was doing. I right, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. do my sessions, do my spikes or whatever, and then yeah, jump on the grass and warm up and cool down. Right. Um on there. Um, just all,
0: around. For it's me, I'd get into my. There's always, there's always a concern. There's going to be a piece of glass there. Well, I, I, I think definitely if you're know. in Saint Helen's yeah. on there, oh, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you know, you know, a got- southern track or something like oh, that, that's probably yeah, definitely no. the case, but. Or, um, or even worse, you know. Yeah,
1: but I think, you know, out there I felt uh, reassured by the, the facilities and things like that that uh, it, it was going to be safe, and safe. Listen, I'll be honest with
0: you, out of all the sort of tools, uh, running aids, I think, you know, I don't have an altitude tent. I've got a foam roller that's still in its packaging. Um, <laughs> my shoes are old naff. <laughs> uh, and my sports watch, people are telling me, it's from a bygone era. Yeah. and it doesn't know what Strava is uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I have recently provided myself with is um, just a daily um, supplement what yeah. do you call it? Daily uh, vitamin uh, supplement. Uh, so you, I showed it to you that it's yeah. just um, you know a multivitamin that's what they call them yeah a multivitamin and it's you know and you just don't know I mean, I'm sceptical as to whether it's doing anything but one thing I feel I have noticed is you know with all the running and stuff you always seem to be when you're coughing and spluttering
1: that's just um, COVID
0: that's just co- <laughs> the coronavirus yeah no it's not um I had a test for that and I don't have it um I could have it now though uh, <laughs> um so I'm taking this and um for like sort of three months supply of it, so yeah, Try. I, I've forgotten the odd day, you know. Um, how do you combat that? You know, put them out. Whatever. Um, I feel as though the throat and the sinuses. So that tells me that there must be something potentially missing from the diet. If that is worth if that is key to the improvement on the sinuses, you know, um, there's something missing from the diet. But not necessarily. I think because you're running 50 miles a week or 16 or 143 just in one week for you, Matthew. (laughs) Well, just one week. (laughs) Then you you can have all the, the, the right foods and everything. Um, but you could still be down on something because you, you're excessively training. Um, and then you didn't have to eat even more of those stuffs, perhaps. Um, you could be short of zinc or anything, you know, in your diet, you know, just one small thing because you, you're excessively training. So the multivitamin, I've got this the feeling that maybe, but then I'm sure I've heard researchers say that they're, they're no good, they don't do anything, and then other people say, oh, they're great, you know. The contract of opinion, um, it's very difficult, Yeah, and, and there's, you know,
1: in all these things uh, that we've discussed, really, there's there's always the placebo effect of it. Uh, you know, how much of it is is actually... Is doing something, and how much is it just in your own head it's having an effect? And I think sometimes that is for, for running. I always think that there is a huge aspect of the mental side of things, and I think that you know the, the, the placebo effect that these things can have, and um, whether they are working or not, and um, in doing the thing that they're meant to do, is just as beneficial. The
0: placebo effect of life, I think we'll leave it there, eh? Yeah, because that's a very good point. We, uh, the mind we go back right to the mind and to strengthen the mind so important.
1: Thanks for listening guys. Um, give us a, a voice message or anything like that with your comments on what we've discussed and we'll put it in a bonus episode at the end of this season. Um, other than that, um, I'll take care, keep you running going and uh, we'll see you next week. Can't wait.